Welcome to episode 23 of the I Left the City Show podcast. I'm Andrew Redden from the Hastings County Economic and Tourism Development Office. On this episode, I had the pleasure of chatting with Lee Canoodala, owner of Quietly Coffee. He's based in the township of Sterling Rodden, and he recently opened his business after relocating to Hastings County about a year ago with his wife. In advance of getting you to this interview, I'll apologize for the audio quality as Lee was busy roasting coffee in the background. Given Lee's busy schedule, it was hard to find a time to set up this interview, but I managed to get some time with him and enjoyed listening to him tell his story about why he chose Wildly Authentic Hastings and also listen to him explain more about his business and the industry of coffee roasting. Let's get right to that interview now. Thanks, Lee, for for joining me on this podcast. I know you're really busy roasting coffee right away in the background. I love a good cup of coffee. I had one this morning, so you're making me feel like I want to have another one. (laughs) Just talking about coffee. Can you tell me about Quietly Coffee and how you got started? in the business. Sure. Uh, well, first, also just thanks for having me on there. Uh, I'm really happy to always meet people locally. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of relatively new to the area. I moved out here last year. My wife and I moved January 10th of 2019. And I started quietly uh, at, at that time, didn't really actually drop a batch or start roasting anything until later in the year around April and May. So, it's, it's been a lot of fun, uh, still relatively new. Uh, I was a coffee roaster in Toronto for seven years. Uh, before that, the reason I ended up in Toronto, originally from Saskatchewan, I ended up in Toronto to go to grad school. So I was doing a PhD and finished the PhD and kind of shifted into coffee. Uh, it's a bit longer of a story, but was roasting in Toronto, uh, roasting for a friend of mine, really liked it. And ultimately decided that I one wanted to start my own business so that I could kind of really buy the coffees I wanted, roast them the way I wanted, and just not have to kind of shortcut them anything. Absolutely kind of dedicated to it. I figured I'm going to roast the coffee I want to drink at home, and that'll be the experiment. If it works, great. These other people like the same kind of coffee as well. But if it fails, then it's like at least I tried, and I can roast other types of coffee. I can do something else. But that was the kind of experiment, uh, just an unwilling, relentless push to roast what I want to drink. And it's been great. Yeah, it's been uh, well received, which makes me very, very happy, very thankful. Uh, I'm a little bit in the weeds these days. Uh, I'm a one-person operation. Uh, it's hard to do stuff like hiring and expand during a pandemic. It's a bit of difficulty on that logistically. But yeah, quietly is essentially just a small micro roaster. I buy coffee from a small set of producers. Uh, it's specialty level coffee, which means out of 100, it's scored 86 or above. Um, I typically work in margins much higher than traditional models like fair trade. A lot of it's direct trade, but ensuring that farmers really get uh, kind of connected to it and really get paid for their labor. Yeah. So how did you end up in Sterling, where your main business, your headquarters is, where you are right now? So our, our, my wife and I, are, like, she owns her own business as well. And we were in Toronto for 13 years. And our latter years there, we were always kind of hitting the wall, right? Like, I'm not a millionaire, so I'm going to be out of that housing market forever. It's hard there, rentals. You know, we were living uh, in a building that had people above us, below us, there's Airbnb in the back. And so it was always kind of the same. So we knew that if we're going to kind of start our business, Lane was going to move her business. My wife is clean, uh, Milcher handmade, uh, she makes amazing clothing. Uh, so we decided 
we're going to do this outside of Toronto. And we literally got a map of Toronto or of Ontario, sorry, and did weekend trips. So we were like, let's go check out this area and see if we like it. Um, my entire family's from Saskatchewan. I moved out here, so I didn't want to go back to Saskatchewan to start a roaster. No offense to Saskatchewan. I just once you move to Ontario, it's hard to get out of Ontario. The weather, beaches. <laughs> so we started with a map and ended up just taking weekend trips. And we were actually headed towards the Ottawa Valley after looking some stuff. So we ended up just kind of cutting through this area, and we're really just kind of fell in love with it. It's really beautiful. Uh, the proximity to Prince Edward County with all the kind of similar business to what I'm doing. Uh, but it's also like, there's no weekend traffic outside my house, like the county. Uh, I found this really great roasting space that was, I had really great landlords and they were really open to what I was doing. I contacted the county or Hastings was really welcoming. And so it was just kind of a perfect fit. Yeah. Where can people buy your coffee? If I want to get some of your coffee and have some yeah, tomorrow, absolutely. where can I actually go and get it? Absolutely. So the, the long-term plan was eventually to have a storefront and kind of do a build-up where I could uh, you know, serve coffee and that kind of stuff. But logistics, I just wanted to start and just really focus on roasting. And I was lucky coming with experience in the industry that a lot of cafes came with me. And so I shipped the vast majority of our coffee, unfortunately, out of the area, Toronto, Montreal, Meetup, Winnipeg. But I do have a couple local friends. Uh, the best place that I always recommend is to go to Pipton and you go to this lovely shop called Beacon right on Main Street. Uh, Jordan's been uh, in the hospitality industry a long time and him and his uh, partner started a beautiful business there. They serve it. Uh, right now in the summertime, you can also go to the Willow Creek Farm Stands and get a bag. Uh, before everything kind of goes down with the pandemic, I always wanted to offer local options. So the website, you'd be able to do a local pickup option and avoid shipping, uh, kind of feeling things out to see how that goes out. I always love to bring that back. But right now, go down to any of the little creeks, say hi to Stu and, and get a bag there. Yeah. Can people stop by your location where you are? It's it's noisy I in the background. That's what yeah. you're busy working away right now. You can probably hear it, but I did have uh, that before. So the local pickup All right now I'm just, uh, I just ship everything. So you can check out online too. There's, right. uh, there's options to ship everything. I just, uh, being in the Sterling business park, I have my friends at Canada Post. So yep. Everything goes out to Canada Post. Who are wonderful. You mentioned the reason why you came to the area was you sort of played in the area first. You came and explored around Hastings. Is there any sort of particular activity or activities in the area that you love to do when you're not busy roasting coffee? Absolutely. Um, I guess one of the things I should also mention about the area. So what I do in coffee is my whole dedication is to the producers. So coffee is a fruit, which is often kind of forgotten. Uh, and, and historically, not all coffee tastes great when it's roasted. So if it's if it's really gross coffee, the thing to do is you burn it because then you can taste the actual burn, uh, the chemistry behind the burn rather than the actual product itself. So I use the example of pies, like you burn an apple pie, you burn a peach pie, both will taste the same, right? So you kind of get a universal trait. So what I'm trying to do in coffee is really, really celebrate the way that it's unique and that you can taste where it's from. So each coffee, depending on region, altitude, varietal of the plants, the farmer's approach, obviously, coffee gets fermented, so there's all these kind of steps. So I always really want to celebrate the kind of unique element where our coffee. So when I came to this area, one of the things that really struck me is that everyone here is so invested in the local and the actual taste of the local. I mean, after you have sterling butter, can you go back? <laughs> and like, one of my favorite things around here is like just getting a bag of cheese curds. There's no better snack in the car. 
And so when I was out here and I kind of talking to people, uh, people like, you know, the kind of dedication to the, the tasting of the local. So that was kind of what really impacted me. And so that obviously to answer your question, really what I love to do. My wife and I love to go explore the area. Uh, we have a we have a little puppy that we love to walk around the areas. So all the conservation areas have been, you know, what what better way to go and enjoy that? We're lucky that we live uh, actually pretty close to you know the, the baseball diamond close to Frankfurt, yep. the owl. So uh, Dave, who who owns it, is nice enough to let us go and run around there. So you know, have a grab a grab a local beer, take the dog, run around the bases. <laughs> That's a nice way to get away from the roaster, but. Yeah, we really love the all the outdoors and the access to the outdoors. That's great. So if you're speaking to someone in Toronto, what would you say to them are the reasons why they too should make the move to Hastings County? I, I have a lot of conversations with my friends and a lot of people are just kind of wish, wishful. So I spent a lot of years just being like, oh, I should do this. You know, in Toronto, a lot of people uh, when I was living there uh, all moved out to Hamilton and that kind of region. And, and for me, I always say it's, I feel more relaxed. I've never worked so hard in my entire life. And you know, that includes having to write a dissertation and defend a PhD. Way harder to open your own business and work you know, 70 hours a week, but I've also never been more relaxed. And you know, when I'm talking about the access to nature, the kind of, the fact that I can go next door and get farm goods, you know, the fact that I can get eggs from down the road and just have a kind of conversation with everybody that I meet it's just the level of relaxation that needs. And so it's, it's, I find it's like a level of Zen that I kind of achieve out here. I think part of it is when I moved away from Saskatchewan, I always thought that I was going to be like a big city guy for the rest of my life. Like, had you talked to me 10 years ago, I'd be like, I'll live in Toronto or Montreal, nowhere else. But it kind of falls apart over time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and especially when you can experience, you know, the, the kind of beauty of living here. And especially for a business like me, like I couldn't be doing this kind of crazy project where I'm just the one person that wrote, you know, this kind of copy from these producers. If I had overhead, you know, the industrial overhead of living in a city, if I had to deal with logistics and all that. So, you know, I just got a green delivery this morning and it was Brian who I know. And so he sent me a text that he's on the way. Stuff like that just doesn't happen. And so as as difficult as, you know, this has been, it's been made easier by doing it here. So if anyone wants to start their own business, I would say to do it here. The, the backs of my bags, I don't know if you a Zoom call, uh, says roasted in a beautiful place in the countryside, which is kind of one of the mantras that I really like. I, was, I find it creative out here. Uh, I find it really uh, a way to kind of both relax on the weekend and ensure that I have some creativity to go forward. That's awesome. Well, we really appreciate you telling your story and being a creative trailblazer right here in wildly authentic Hastings. And I gonna have to go get a coffee now all this talk about coffee and and also it'd be great to get outside today and enjoy the wildly authentic outdoors after uh your description of the area so i really appreciate you uh being yeah being here and doing what you do and i know you're quite busy i was trying to schedule the time to sit down with you and this this chat uh you're super busy and i can hear uh, a lot of noise uh, in the background a lot of noise yeah, go one, ahead. One, one pitch here to people too. Um, one of the questions I get a lot is like kind of what makes uh, specialty coffee what I'm in. So not just quietly, but all the people that I kind of work with in coffee. What makes it different or what makes it better than air trade or, you know, a gas station coffee? So the thing that I always say is that if your coffee tastes like cardboard, 
it's actually died. And you know, a, a hot cup of death doesn't sound very appealing. So coffee is a, a seed, and all of the bags that you can kind of see behind me, I could plant those and they would still germinate because they have enough moisture in it and to kind of get all that heat stuff. But at a certain point, if the moisture reaches a critical point, it'll dry out. And regardless of where it's from or anything, it'll taste like cardboard, which is kind of the coffee I grew up with, you know, in a petro and all that stuff. So good coffee should taste like something besides cardboard. And the other thing is that that to get that coffee, to get it fresh, to get it seasonal, to get it local, we just have to pay a little bit more for coffee. So producers right now are reliant on the sea market, commodity market, which pays about 90 cents per pound of coffee. Uh, fair trade is a floating variable above that, which would be 40 cents more on average. So they're getting about a dollar thirty per pound. And the the kind of common number in both uh, you know uh, Central America, South America, in Africa, the kind of average to make and like no profit could break even is about 260 per pound. So a lot of farmers are leaving coffee right now, turn to things like soy, uh, you know, uh, try to find other commodity coffee. It's just, you know, you're gonna go bankrupt growing coffee. So I suggest that people just try to find a coffee that they like, of course, drink what you like, but a coffee that will support a producer, have some sort of traceability. And at that point that you can kind of get into the fun part about like, well, what's this farmer growing? I'm sure we all have, you know, the same way that you have a favorite ice cream, find your favorite origin. Like, hey, this African coffee tastes a little bit like citrus. It's got this kind of stone thing. It's delicious. I really like chocolate in my coffee. Go to the Central America and get these. And coffee can be naturally sweet. It's a fruit. So if roasted to the right level, you'll have a sweet, delicious cup. Don't have to add sugar. You know, it won't upset your stomach because it's not just a burnt, burnt, uh, burnt charred mess. So I always say we should all just get in the project together, pay a little bit more for coffee. If you haven't heard of coffee shop, even if that place is Pini Hose, you know, drink what you want, but also just be like, these guys send an email, be like, you should pay your partners just a little bit more, a little bit more to ensure that we all have coffee going forward. Well, that quietly coffee sounds wildly delicious. I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get some right away. Well, I really appreciate uh, your time, Lee, and thank Thanks you very much for educating me more about what you do, especially, and on the coffee and uh, really thank you for your time and what you're doing here. So thank you very Lots much. Lots of fun. Yeah, thanks late. again.